Thanks for joining us at Warehouse Church. We would love for you to stay connected, and a great way for you to do that is to simply subscribe to this podcast. You can also stay connected throughout the week by checking out our website, warehousechurch.com, or by visiting our Facebook or Instagram pages. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Good morning, Warehouse Church. Now you know if I'm putting songs in the beginning of anything that I'm speaking about on Sunday morning, it's songs that I like. And I'll put a couple other ones in there. I love that song, Emotions in Motion. Came out in 1982 to make all of you that are old feel old today. But I want somebody in our thread today uh, in the comment section to tell me who the artist was that sang that song. And if you tell me the artist, the first person from Warehouse Church that tells me the name of the artist that sang that song, Emotions in Motion, I will send you a $10 Starbucks card today. So anyway, we're going to enjoy this series this month called Emotions in Motion. We started off with that song. We're going to be doing different songs every week uh, just to get your attention, have a little fun with that. But that's not the point of the message. The point of the message is going to be what we learn out of the Word of God. And I'm really excited about this series because I don't know if there's been a time in the past 5, 10, maybe 20, almost 20 years ago when uh, the destruction happened on 9-11-2001, it'll be 20 years next year, um, that we felt so much national and worldwide uh, e- emotional highs and lows, right? Uh, the pandemic that we're in the middle of has is, is brought feelings out from everybody one way or the other. You have different extremes. Uh, I put a chart on my Instagram this week, uh, not to elevate myself at all, but just to help our church understand all the emotions of opening up church again. You have people on the one extreme that say, you know, it's our constitutional right to have public assembly, this, this, and this. Let's get together today. We've had families that ask us, Pastor, as soon as you're ready, we're ready. Start the kids' ministry. We'll bring our kids. Like people that have been, and then there are other people that are being cautious. And I want you to know, we respect whatever your personal conviction is when it comes to uh, getting back to church. We just, listen, if you hear a plea from me that says, we want to see you soon, it's because we want to see you. We just miss you. And uh, we look forward to our whole family coming back. And we know that's going to be very, very soon. But we're super glad that those of you that aren't able to be with us today uh, in in the church building, that you are connected online. So make sure if you're watching today, say hi, tell us you're there, say hi to other people in the thread, and make sure you're engaging with other people throughout this message today. So we're starting this series called Emotions in Motion. And I'm gonna read this morning from the book of Psalm, chapter number 30. And I'm excited about talking about this. I'm actually going through a book for my own personal emotional Uh, health spiritually that I'm going to share with you this morning. I'm going to encourage you, if you're a book reader, to grab this. Last week, we had a homework assignment of memorizing 52 verses for the year. And the very first verse that we encourage you to memorize was Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That is a very significant verse to memorize because it teaches us the importance of everything started with God. 
And in all 52 weeks, we're going to have 52 verses. Every single week we're going to review. I'll do my best to remember that, but I want to keep those out in front of you. If you made that commitment to memorize those verses, please let me know that you did. I want to reach out to you personally uh, this week and encourage you uh, with the verse memorization. I did put those two verse charts on our church Facebook uh, earlier this week on Monday, and then we'll put them out again this week because Genesis 1-1 is not a hard verse to memorize. You can do two verses pretty easily uh, this week if you haven't started with us. We want to encourage you uh, to start off with that and be a part of memorizing God's Word all throughout the year. How great would that be if a huge percentage of our church memorized 52 verses from God's Word this year that would be an encouragement to you? Boy, what a great way for us to act on the application of what we learned from our series last month. And man, we'll have so many when we do it again next year. We will have so many different verses. This year, the winner, hands down, was Jeremiah 29, 11, a great verse. Uh, but we'll have so many more verses next year if you take part of this, because there's going to be a couple verses that you memorize throughout this, um, uh, throughout this year that are really going to take hold of your heart and be a special blessing in your life. So let's get to our study today. I want to read for you this morning Psalm chapter 30. And, and as I prepare to read this for you this morning, I want you to follow along on the screen, or you could get your U version out. I'm going to be reading from the uh, New International Version, the NIV, or open up old school, open up your Bible, uh, open up those, those, those hallowed pages of the Word of God, and follow along with me as I read for you this morning Psalm chapter 30. I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let mine enemies gloat over me. Lord, my God, I called for you for help, and you healed me. You, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. Sing the praises of the Lord. You, his faithful people, praise his holy name. For his anger only lasts a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. When I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. Lord, when you favored me, you made me, you made my royal mountain stand firm. But when you hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. What is gained if I am silenced, if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear, Lord, and be merciful to me. Lord, be my help. You turn my wailing into dancing. You Remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy, that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord my God, I will praise you forever. Boy, that's such a great passage of Scripture uh, that I hope is an encouragement to you today. But I want to tell you something. That whole chapter in Psalm chapter 30 talks about a roller coaster of different emotions. Let me read through some of the emotional reaction that the, uh, just the words that the author shared with us in Psalm chapter 30. It talks about depression, healed hurt, anger, weeping, rejoicing, security, and insecurity. Boy, that's not, that's something that all of us deal with. Uh, being disenfranchised, crying for mercy, needing a helper, going from crying to dancing. And then, of course, the subject at the very end of the chapter is joy. Uh, I'm reading a book uh, that I'm going to be using as kind of a, a, um, 
an example or kind of feeding me a little bit while I'm going through this study, and it's called Emotionally Healthy Spiritually. We will put a link on our YouTube and also on our church Facebook. If you're a reader, I would encourage you to get this. I think this book costs about $23, $25 maybe. Emotionally Healthy Spiritually. It's by Peter Scazzaro. And boy, it is such a great, great book. I am just, this has been such a great book for me as I started reading it last week. And it's, it's helping me understand even some things about myself. And as I prepare uh, to talk to you about this subject matter of being emotionally healthy. But, but it is possible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. And there's a lot of reasons that that happens in our lives. But, you know, before we start uh, getting into the study, I want you to understand something this morning. I, I want to start off, I know when we talk about emotions, I guess the perception could be that we could get right into depression or we could get right into sadness or right into you know, some of the things that mirror what's happening in our culture today. But I got to tell you something. I want to hear something positive today. I wanted to speak something positive to you today. And I want to talk to you about joy. I just want to talk to you about something that is, uh, I believe, is part of uh, uh, the, the guarantee that we have in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Heaven forever. The security of that relationship, not only for all of eternity, but for today, the way that God loves us, and the way that God wants to minister to all of our lives, I want to talk to you about joy. And I'm going to read this long definition of what joy is in a spiritual way. Joy is an emotion that's acquired by the anticipation, acquisition, or even the expectation of something great or wonderful. It could be described as exhilaration, delight, sheer gladness, and can result from a great success or a beautiful or a very beautiful or wonderful experience like a wedding or a graduation. But the definition of joy that the world holds is not nearly as amazing as biblical joy because joy is also a gift. Now I want to ask you a question this morning. Would you say that you are an emotionally healthy or unhealthy when it comes to your spiritual life? Are you emotionally healthy or unhealthy? You know, you could be walking with the Lord, reading your Bible every single day, telling people about Jesus, giving of your tithes and offerings, maybe even more than your tithes and offerings, you know, even going higher than, than what would be considered a normal amount of 10%. You're just a, you know, super-duper faithful giver. You do all those things, just like it says in the book of Revelation, just great things that, about your Christian walk that you could check off uh, right from the beginning. But you can also do all those things and be emotionally unhealthy. So let me ask you here, let me give you 10 symptoms of being emotionally unhealthy when it comes to your spiritual life. Uh, do you use God to run from God? Do you ignore sadness and fear? Are you dying to do the wrong things? You know, is that, is that kind of something that you struggle with all the time? <clears throat> do you deny the impact of your past when it comes to your present? Is there a divide, or do you divide your life into secular and sacred departments? Boy, I think a lot of people do that, right? We have our life Monday through Saturday. You know, we grew up in a very Catholic background uh, where I come from, and, and, and part of our family history is, is Catholicism. And there's a thought that you could go to confession on Friday or Saturday night, or you could go out and party on Friday night, go to confession on Saturday night, and then go to Mass or church on Sunday morning, to, to be in this, you know, constant process of renewal. 
when the fact of the matter is your relationship with Jesus Christ should not be built on fear or guilt. It's built on love and grace and mercy. But there are many, many times we look at our lives, right? We, we go to church. We do that thing on Sunday morning where we say hi. We got the big gospel glaze on our face. We sing the songs. We even put our hands up every once in a while. We do all the things we're supposed to do in church. But our church life is very separate from our secular life. Uh, do you do for God instead of learning how to be with God? Right? We're in this listing thing. I want to do, I got to do, I got to do this, got to do that, got to do this, got to do that. But do you be still and know that he is God? Do you spend time with God? Do you rest in him? Do you fully trust in him? Do you spiritualize away conflict that's in your life? Well, you know, God's got this. You know, I've said this in church before, and I want to be careful when I say this, but I think there's many times that when we, when, when we or people we love or know go through difficult times in their life, we just kind of, honestly, we just kind of chuck a verse at them. And I think we do it uh, in a way that's very irresponsible. You know, when somebody's going through something, oh, you know, all things work together for good for those that love God, those that are called according to his purpose. Where God's got this. Where God's in control. And we say these different Christianese sayings that we think even sometimes are verses. And, and we say those things, but I think we're a little bit irresponsible with them. And we kind of try to spiritualize away conflict that we're going through. Do we cover up brokenness, weakness, or failure? Listen, there's not a person that's watching today or sitting in our church service this morning that, that isn't dealing with today, starting with this guy right here, brokenness, that isn't dealing with uh, weakness or failure. I'm a broken man. I know where I'm weak, and I have failed, just like all of us have in our lives today. But do we, do we try to cover that up and set it aside for the sake of the public perception of others? Do we live life without limits, right? Do we, not, do, do, do we govern ourselves in a way where we're limiting the things that we should be doing or not? And here's another one I think that happens to all of us. Do we judge other people's spiritual journey or spiritual sincerity? You see, if those are true, if any of those 10 things are true about you, you may be emotionally unhealthy spiritually. So as we go through this study today, as we talk about joy, I want, to, I, want you to, I want you to understand what joy means, not just from that definition, but what God wants it to be in your life. And he wants you to experience joy, but he wants you to live in joy. So let me go through some of these things this morning. Just a couple points this morning I want to share with you to be an encouragement to you. And I hope that you are experiencing joy in your life today. But to experience joy... There are some things that we need to understand. <clears throat> and the first thing that we need to understand is that joy is not circumstantial. Joy is not based on the circumstances uh, in our lives. Uh, our family's experiencing some joyful circumstances this year. Uh, we're going to have two more grandchildren. One's going to be born in August. One's going to be born in October. We're excited about that. We're adding two boys, and that's going to be a real change in dynamic for my family because for the first time since Kim and I have been married, the boys are going to outnumber the girls. So it's going to be a pretty big thing for us. But do we have joy in our lives because we're, well, there's going to be some happiness. Those girls that are having babies, they'll experience the joy after the birth, of course, right? 
but there's going to be some happiness. But that, 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 all that happiness isn't even guaranteed. Joy is not based on the, the things, that, the, those big moments, those big events, like the graduations or, or the weddings or, or those bigger-than-life events that take place in your life. Joy is much, much deeper than that, and it's not based on the circumstances that we go through in our lives. Because here's the thing that God wants us to understand about joy. Joy is a gift from God. Joy is a gift from God. Galatians 5.22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit... What happens when we live our life in the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Right in the middle of that, what does it say? The fruit, what takes place in your life when you are living and walking with the Lord, a, 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 a natural consequence of that is this, it's joy. Now listen, that doesn't mean that everything's gonna work out great, right? That doesn't mean that all the money's gonna be good and your health is gonna be great, and all of these circumstantial things in your life will work out perfectly. But what it does say is, when you're walking with the Lord, when you're walking in the Spirit, you will experience joy. That joy in that relationship. But here's the thing. What if I don't have joy? Right? What if I don't have joy? Maybe it's because of physical circumstances in your life. Maybe it's because of psychological circumstances in your life. Maybe it's situational things that have happened to you that haven't been your fault, that have been the hurt that's brought on to you uh, by others. Maybe it's spiritual, and in your spiritual walk with the Lord, maybe there's some insecurities, there's some unforgiven sin, or just some things you, but you just can't say, I, I, just, I just don't know if I'm experiencing joy in my life. And if that's true about your life today, that's why we wanted to talk to you about this. Because if you're not experiencing joy in your life today, not just momentary experiences, but joy in your life overall, then I want to encourage you to talk to someone who will help you. Talk to somebody who will help you. And the first person we need to go to is the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Listen to what David said in Psalm number 51, verse number 12, in his prayer of repentance to God. And he messed up and I'm not, not, no play on words. He was a king, but man, this dude messed up royally. He messed up terribly and had terrible consequences in his leadership and in his home and in his own personal life. And David understood that in Psalm 51 when he was praying this prayer of repentance. He said, God, against you and you only have I sinned and I've committed this egregious act in your sight. David understood the gravity or the seriousness of the sin that he committed. But he says this in his prayer of confession to the Lord. Once he confesses his sin, he says in Psalm 51 and verse number 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit, that willing spirit to have that joy to sustain me. Wow. You see, David prayed a prayer of confession. David prayed a prayer of thanksgiving in that, chap in that chapter. David acknowledged the source of everything that is good is God. And I want to encourage you this morning. Spend some time talking to the Lord. And not that 45-second prayer that you pray before you have your lunch today. God, please bless this food to our bodies. Bless our church. Bless people that are sick. Bless our family. Help us to meet the needs of our missionaries. God, use us 
to do something great today in Jesus' name, amen. That's a wonderful prayer, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. But I'm talking about a prayer where you're spending time with God. God, my heart is broken. Can you minister to me? Can you cleanse me? As it says in Psalm 139 from Secret Faults. Can you give me the joy that I used to have? You know that most Christians will spend five to six years being super faithful and being on fire for the Lord, serving him. But then they kind of, after that, after that five or six years, they kind of get into that routine of, where, where, where it's a good routine, right? Where you're going to church and you're watching the right stuff or not watching the wrong stuff on TV, where you invite somebody to church every once in a while, where you're giving your do, 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 but you're not resting in or spending time with or understanding the heart and the mind of God by spending time with him in his word and in prayer. And it's amazing. I've had people say to me time and time again in counseling and one-on-one and and just in, in, in general conversations, how can I have joy in my life? How can I? And really, the, 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 the magic recipe for that is it's not hidden from you. It's not like deep, deep, deep in the Word of God where you got to find it, like tucked away in Leviticus or Ezekiel. The, the secret to having a joyful relationship with God is spending time with Him. Spending time in His Word like we studied last month in My Life Verse where you're reading the Word of God on a daily basis and asking God, God, please, Speak to my heart through your word. Show it to me so that it'll help me to change in ways that I need to change and be more like you and love the way that you do and be patient the way that you do and, and, and live for you the way that you expect me to. Not that the world and, and maybe even the rest of my church expects me to live, but the way that you expect me to live, Lord. And when you have that communion or fellowship with the Lord, you know what the Bible teaches us we'll have? Restored joy. Spend some time with the Lord. Listen, if there's sin in your life, it's why you don't have joy in your life to confess that sin. You're not going to surprise God. God's not going to go, oh, I never knew. Why did God's going to say, thank you. Thank you for acknowledging that sin. You're forgiven. You're cleansed. You're whole because of the righteousness, because of the robes, because of the penalty that was paid for by Jesus Christ when he died and paid for that sin. That's why my son died. God tells us, so that you can have forgiveness. Why does God want to constantly forgive us of our sins that we do all the time? Because he wants us to live in joy in him. Joy. Talk to the Lord. Listen, if there's something you're going through deep in your life, hurt by others, or, or something you just can't get over, some kind of insecurity or, 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 or pain or or something that's, that, that, that's taken over your life in, in such a big way, I want to encourage you to talk to a counselor. Psalm 24, 6, it says, Surely you need guidance to wage war. And victory is won through many advisors. Listen, I talk to a counselor all the time. You say, why do you talk to a counselor? You're supposed to be counseling others because I need one. We need people to guide. I need people to guide me spiritually to keep my emotions in check. I put forth some strong accountability in my life in some of those areas. So I could be the man that I'm supposed to be for my wife and my kids and my grandkids and our church, and more importantly, in my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Talk to a counselor. You say, where do I get a counselor from? Listen, if you need help finding a counselor, we refer people locally. 
I'm a very, very strong believer in Christian counseling. I think it's so important if you're going to get counseling in your life that it needs to be done where the foundation and the basis is the Word of God. You don't base your, we don't, we don't believe, I don't believe personally that we base our counseling just on feelings or on fear or on our past. We've got to go somewhere where there's true truth and true healing, and that happens through the Word of God. And we'll help you find the right counselor uh, for you and for your needs. Just reach out to myself personally, a pastor at warehousechurch.com, or you can reach out to uh, Marianne Stewart, Marianne, M-A-R-Y-A-N-N, at warehousechurch.com. And we would be honored to be part, unless you'd like to tell us anything. If you're not comfortable sharing us with, with what you're going through or what the situation is that's pulling you down and being a joy robber in your life, just let us help you find the right person to talk to and we'll get you there. ASAP, talk to a counselor. Here's another important part of our journey and our walk with the Lord that's so vital. And listen, I said this to you earlier. When you hear the pleas from myself or online or on Facebook Live or on our Wednesday night thing, come back, come back, come back, come back, come back. Listen, if your conviction is that you're gonna wait a little bit longer, that's okay. I had a couple of our church members call me this week. Pastor, let me tell you why we're staying home. My wife has this or we've experienced this. We're just trying to be careful. I get that. Listen, we are in compliance with everything the state of Texas is telling us to do medically and physically so that we can be a safe place for people to be on Sunday morning. We want you to not only feel safe, but we more importantly want you to be safe medically, okay? Well, that's very, very important to all of us. We want to honor God by that. It's a stewardship thing. It's a community perception thing. I know it's very, very important. But if you hear me plead, listen, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I just miss you. Because here's the thing about being part of a church family. It is healthy for us to assemble together, experience unity, accountability, joy, celebrate the, other, the spiritual growth in other people's lives, raise our kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and just be there to encourage one another for the shared values we have of serving our Lord Jesus Christ here with our warehouse church family. But if you need somebody to help you, yes, talk to the Lord. We'll help you find a counselor. But you know who else you need to be talking to? Your life group or your support group right here at the church. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another, build each other up, just as, in fact, you are already doing. Paul said to, to, the, to this early church in this letter he wrote. But we need each other. Our body needs to be together for it to be healthy. And you know what else we need, church, whether they're live, Zoom meetings, Facebook meetings, phone call meetings, however you're doing a video meeting that you would do, I would strongly encourage all of our life group leaders, get together with your life group this week, either live, in a park six feet away from each other, in a Zoom meeting. But listen, when those connections stop, you know what else stops? Accountability, mutuality, community and spiritual health. God created us with this innate desire and need to have fellowship and community just like he did and we were made in his likeness. So talk to your group or support. Share those prayer requests. Tell them when you're going through stuff. Let them know when you need help. Let them know that you're struggling. Let them know when you're celebrating. Be there for each other because here's the thing about joy. Joy is the catalyst or the source for praise. 
two weeks ago, our first Sunday back. No, it was our second week back. I'm sorry, our second week back. We went from one song to two songs in our live service. It was, it was kind of a big thing. And we did a second song that it just, I don't know, for, for me, it was just such a wonderful moment with our church singing out to God. And it's good that I sit by myself over in that section because I'm singing everything but on key. But I just had my hands up in the air and I was just praising the Lord. But can I tell you all the things that led up to that in my life as well? Earlier, some confessed sin, some submission to God in some areas that I needed to be more faithful to him. And I was experiencing joy. And you know what came from that joy that was happening in my life because of my relationship with Jesus Christ? That became the catalyst for praise. And I would encourage you today. I've heard people say this, and I'm not, I'm not thinking of anybody in particular in our church family, but I've heard people say, I'd be more thankful if I had things to be thankful for. You do have some things to be thankful for this morning. You could be thankful for the relationship that God gave you through his son, Jesus Christ. You could be thankful that, that we can watch because of people that laid their lives down for us as we celebrated last week on Memorial Day, that we can watch freely on, on social media and on the internet and be live in church with no retribution. And that doesn't happen in every place in the world today. We can have joy because of the, the blessings that God's given us. And that doesn't mean stuff. Your life doesn't get better with a newer car. Your life doesn't get better with a bigger house. Your life doesn't get better when you remodel. Kim and I have been doing some cleaning up and some remodeling and some fixing of stuff. And you know what we've realized? We had a big list of stuff that we wanted to fix and remodel. You know what happened after we got done that list? We added to that list, and that list never ends. It just never ends because it's stuff. It's wood, hay, and stubble. And, and, and your house and your car and your possessions, they don't bring you joy. They bring you happiness. We're thankful for our home. We're thankful for the ability that we have to have our kids over all the time and have people that we care for so much over our house all the time. But it's not that house that brings joy. It's what that house represents is our marriage and our life together and, and the blessings of God in our lives. Those are the true sources of joy that we experience in our life today. Joy is the catalyst or the source of praise. So while you're watching this morning, would you do something with me? Would you put down in the comment bar today things that God has done in your life that bring you joy? Could, could, you, could you do that with me this morning? Maybe it's some healing that you've experienced. Maybe it's uh, some confessing. Don't have to be specific about it. Just say forgiveness. Maybe you could say your relationship with Jesus, your salvation. Maybe you could say special people in your life or your family, things that matter. Listen, happiness is about today. Joy is about eternity. And God wants you to experience every... Listen, we can experience joy at a funeral. We can experience joy in the hospital with someone we're praying with. We can experience joy while we're crying tears of sadness when things happen in our lives that are difficult to go through that are temporary because our joy comes in the morning, the Bible tells us. Our joy is based in our relationship with God, the thing that doesn't change. The relationship where he said he will never leave us and never forsake us. I'd like to pray for you this morning and pray 
that God will help you understand what true joy is in your life. And it starts with a relationship with him. Can I invite you to pray with me this morning? Father in heaven, to all of our friends and family that are watching our service online today, I thank you for their faithfulness, Lord. I pray for safety in their workplaces, safety in their homes, safety in their neighborhoods. We pray for the health of their families everywhere, Lord. We pray that that you would work in a very personal way and help all of us not just acknowledge, but understand that the true source of joy in our life comes through our relationship with you. And Lord, there are things that bring us happiness. Uh, I'm happy about some things that my family experienced this week. I'm happy that I celebrated 35 years of marriage this week. I'm happy that, 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 that God has blessed us in so many different ways. But my joy is anchored like cement in you. And I thank you for that. That even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I know that you're with me and that brings me joy. But I know that there are people that are watching today that would say that there are circumstances in their life and the struggles and, and some of the things that they're working through is, are, are, are maybe being joy robbers. Well, help us to acknowledge, Father, that true joy comes from our relationship with you. And for these circumstances and for the brokenness or unconfessed sin, we pray, we, we pray this morning the blood of Jesus for healing in those areas in many people's lives today. If you're watching with us this morning, you've never experienced this understanding of having a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin, to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. In 1 John 1.9. The Bible teaches us that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. That whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You can be saved. Saved means having a forever relationship with Jesus Christ today if you pray and invite God to come into your life. And you can do that by saying this prayer today. Dear Father in heaven, just repeat that with me. Dear Father in heaven, would you forgive me of all of my sin? I believe that Jesus died so that I could be forgiven. And I believe he's alive today. And I put my full faith and trust in you. Would you come into my life and save me and help me to live for you? And then say this to him. Help me experience your joy. Thank you for loving me and saving me today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, if you're watching today, just say amen because somebody prayed that with us. Just write amen. Give us a little ooh, ooh, online today or something like that, okay? A little thumbs up for those that accepted Christ as Savior this morning. If you prayed with me and invited Jesus Christ to come into your heart, I want to ask you to do something. Would you send me a personal email to the word pastor, P-A-S-T-O-R, at warehousechurch.com and say, Pastor Ed, I prayed with you today, invited Jesus to come into my life. And I want to celebrate with you, but I also want to send you some stuff that you can read, that you can uh, keep alongside you to help you understand this new relationship that you have in Jesus Christ. And for everyone that's needing to, to understand greater joy and understand this, this idea of, of our emotions in, in our lives, you stay with us. You be a part of this series, and I'll be praying for you. If we can pray for you through the week, make sure that you tune in 
on Wednesday night this week at 7 p.m. as Kim and I will do a little bit of a Bible study and also have some prayer over your lives for healing, for grace, for forgiveness, for God's presence in your life. Whatever your prayer request is, we're going to enjoy the privilege we have of getting to pray with you. Stay connected to us online. And guys, I want to give you a special invitation to be part of our Warriors Conference that we're going to be doing with uh, the Warriors Conference movement all across the United States. It's June the 17th, 18th, and 19th. It's an online experience. You can watch it at home on Wednesday night and Thursday night, the 17th to the 18th. And then we're going to gather here together, have a big feast with all of our guys on the 19th. On Friday night, we're going to worship. We're going to be together, and we're going to be a part of the last night of this Warriors Conference, and we're going to see God do great stuff through the men of Warehouse Church. Please be a part of that. Sign up for that today. We'll put that information on the screen right now, www.warriorconference.com, so you can sign up for that conference today. Anyway, church, we love you. Thank you for tuning in today. We look forward to seeing you throughout the week, and make sure you tune in at 12 o'clock as we talk about uh, today's worship service and what's going to be happening this week at Warehouse Church. Thanks for being with us today, Warehouse Church. We love you. God bless you. And we will see you throughout the week this week. 